الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created difficulties and those difficulties also have been created in such a way that we are given solutions to those difficulties. And it is our responsibility to avoid difficulty when we can and to seek out the solution for the difficulty if it afflicts us. A little, it's a little technical, but maybe I'll give you a few examples. Just very simplistically. <clears throat> Cold weather is a difficulty. Weather, weather is a difficulty. It could rain, that's a difficulty on a human being. It can become cold, that's a difficulty on a human being. So when the weather becomes cold, then we respond to that difficulty by ensuring that we keep ourselves warm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created cold. The cold has been created in such a way that it's theoretically and potentially harmful to us. But at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created warmth. For example, warmth is generated by our bodies and we wear jackets and jackets keep, keep us warm. Jackets don't warm us up, they keep us warm, right? We, our body generates heat, the jacket traps the heat. So the jacket is one way by which we keep warm. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created fire, and fire is another way by which we warm ourselves. And so many types of fire is used in order to warm us, even in this day and age, when you turn the heater on, essentially you're heating the air, and that occurs through fire. Regardless, the point remains that although Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created a difficulty or something that's stressful on the human being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also created some way by which we can avoid that stress and we can alleviate that stress. As another example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created rain. Rain is a huge blessing, but human beings also try to avoid rain because if they get wet, they can get sick, especially if they're outside. And people in general, they run from rain. You see that if all of a sudden it starts raining, everybody runs underneath whatever shelter they can find. So what happens? We have that quote-unquote difficulty in some respects. It's not a complete difficulty, but in some respects it's a difficulty to human beings. They see it as a stress on them. And what happens is they have ways by which they can avoid that. They can follow the weather, and the people who follow the weather usually will carry an umbrella. And you'll know that 
if you get on the train in the morning and somebody's going to work, they see that 70% of the people have umbrellas in their hand, even though it's totally sunny outside, then it's an indication that those people are paying attention and that there's potentially going to be rain and that they have those umbrellas to protect them were that rain to come. Similarly, when somebody travels to a region of the world, they are very fearful of getting sick. And some people will actually even be careful to avoid traveling because they're worried about getting sick. Even just forget about traveling. If you're at work and there's a person that's sneezing and coughing and looks like they have a fever, people don't even want to go near them because they say, this person has a difficulty and the way by which I can avoid that difficulty is to avoid contact with them. So this is the general paradigm that we as human beings, we have to, we perceive difficulty and we have to seek out the mechanisms that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created in order to avoid those difficulties or alleviate those difficulties from ourselves. Now, in order for that paradigm to exist, there have to be a few components to it. Number one, you have to actually perceive something as a difficulty. Number two, you have to have knowledge of that difficulty. And then number three, you have to recognize that there's a way to avoid that difficulty. For example, some people don't care if it rains. It doesn't make a difference to them. They get wet, they don't get wet, it makes no difference. They don't care. They don't even think twice. So they don't see it as a difficulty. They don't worry about whether they should carry an umbrella. They don't worry about whether they should open that umbrella at the time that it rains. There's some people, they see rain as a difficulty, but they don't follow the news, meaning they don't look at the, the weather app or whatever it might be in the morning. They, didn't, they don't look and see what is the weather going to be. So as soon as I get on the train and they see that everybody's carrying an umbrella, then they think, oh, you know, I should have brought my umbrella. It looks like it's going to rain. So they perceive the difficulty in that case. However, they didn't get the news of the difficulty. And the third is that the person has to have the sense to actually obtain the thing that will allow them to avoid the difficulty. So you may be worried about rain. You may actually be cognizant enough to recognize that the rain is coming, but if you don't grab the umbrella, then it didn't make a difference. So all three of these things have to be there. These are small difficulties, but you see that people do it to the ex- people act to the extent that they fear the difficulty. So for example, maybe people don't worry so much about the rain because the rain is a minor thing, it'll dry. It's not, a, it's not that big of a deal. But then when it comes to avoiding sickness, you know, somebody's sick and they want to avoid sickness or they know that there's a disease in a particular area and they want to avoid that disease, then people are much more serious. They want to do everything that they can to avoid any difficulty that they can because that is an extreme example of difficulty. For example... Some people don't travel to Africa in the middle of the summer because if you travel to Africa in the middle of the summer, there's a chance that you can get malaria. So there's people will say, I just won't even travel to that region of the world at that time because I'm afraid of the possibility of getting malaria. So the difficulties, they range, right? They range from something that's as simple as rain to as extreme as sickness and death. Now, all of that is an example of what we do in this world. But the reality is, that it's all a paradigm for something much greater, which is that there is a very severe difficulty coming upon all of us, and that is the fact that there is a day of judgment. 
Every person in this room will have to face the Day of Judgment. There's no avoiding it. And each of us have been given the means by which we can save ourselves on that day. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us time. First of all, Allah has given us the news of the Day of Judgment. We can't see it. We don't see it coming before us, but we definitely have heard that there is a Day of Judgment coming. So this is a huge blessing upon us. Then beyond that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the means by which we can avoid that difficulty because Rasulullah has told us of so many different ways by which we can avoid the difficulty and the Day of Judgment. And it's mentioned in the Quran as well. So if, if, if people in this life do so much to avoid something as simple as a cough, then what should the people of deen do in order to avoid, in order to avoid the dangers of the Day of Judgment? I mean, just think about it. Yesterday, three days ago, four days ago, I was walking in the hallway of the hospital, and I saw there was a line of 100 people. I wa- walking in the hospital, I saw there was a line of 100 people. And then as I was leaving the hospital, like eight, nine hours later, I saw the line was still 100 people. 100 different people, obviously, but there was still 100 people in line. So that means that for the, for the vast majority of the day, there must have been hundreds of people in line. So what was the line for? The line was for the flu vaccine. They were handing out the flu vaccine to people who work in the hospital because they get exposed to patients who come or are sick. They're going to come to the hospital, and so those physicians can get exposed, and the nurses can get exposed. Even the workers in the hospital can get exposed. So why was there a line? Why was there such a long line for such a long period of time? They said that in the end they vaccinated, you know, I don't know how many thousands of people in that hospital they vaccinated that day. This the employees. Why were people in line? Why were people so worried about obtaining this vaccine? Because they were worried about the possibility of getting the flu. Now, these are all young, healthy people. They don't even need to get the vaccine. Usually that vaccine, I mean, sure, nowadays it's much more common to give that vaccine, but initially when that vaccine was developed, it was developed for the people who are more likely to get sick, not the common people who are relatively healthy. But people were willing to wait in line, and people were so concerned because they wanted to avoid the possibility of the difficulty of getting a fever and feeling ill for a few days and missing a couple days of work. If that's the response of the people for a cough, then what is the response of the people of Dean who recognize that something far more severe is coming? You see that we avoid, we do everything we can to avoid difficulty. Some people, they're so worried about their children. <clears throat> My child needs to get these grades, and they need to do this well, and they need to eventually get to this school, and then eventually they need to become this profession. And why are they worried about all of that? because they're afraid that their child might undergo some difficulty. They don't, they, want their chi- they don't want their child to see a difficult situation of being able to meet their, meet, not being able to make their ends meet. That's basically what's going through their mind. How can I ensure that my child will have enough to be able to provide for their family, that, provide for themselves, provide for their family? And they spend so much time and so much effort training their children in order to avoid difficulty of failure in this life. Now, what about the people of Deen? Rasulullah, he came to warn us of the Day of Judgment. 
But the beauty of that warning for those who take heed is that he didn't merely warn us, he advised us on how to avoid the numerous difficulties that will exist on that day. How you can prophylactically avoid all the difficulties of the Day of Judgment. For example, on that day there will be no shade. There will be just immense heat, immense heat coming from Jahannam, and there will be no shade. Now you think, if we know that it's going to be 130 degrees outside, People won't even go out. People will only go out for their needs. You see, when there's that much heat on earth, people, they, have, they, they flash it on the news. Nobody should leave home. If you leave home, you should leave for this minimal amount of time. You know, avoid this. Make sure you drink this. Avoid going out, whatever it might be. And everybody changes their pattern of behavior. When there's a snow blizzard or there's going to be extreme cold temperature, everybody changes their pattern of behavior. When there's flash flood warning or tornado warning, everybody changes their pattern of behavior. On the Day of Judgment, the extremes, the extremes of difficulty will exist, all merged in one. There will be extreme heat, but there will be no shade. There will be extreme thirst, but there will be nothing to drink. There'll be extreme hunger, but there'll be nothing to eat. (coughs) Everything will be at extreme. And there'll be extreme fear, but there will be no place to seek refuge. Except for the individual who submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where will there be shade? There will be one shade, the throne of Allah. There will be one place to drink from the hand of Rasulullah This this is the way by which we avoid that difficulty. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute, that's far away, but it's actually very close. And you might say, wait a minute, that's temporary, but it's actually much longer than here. We know from hadith, look, this world, the life in this world, is a blink of an eye compared to the Day of Judgment. I'm not even comparing it to the permanence of Jannah and Jahannam. I'm just saying compared to the Day of Judgment. The Day of Judgment will be theoretically hundreds of thousands of years long, if not longer. It'll certainly be far more than any period of time in this life. And look at all the difficulties that will exist there. You know, if we're worried about our families in this life, then what about the worry about the families in the hereafter? If we're worried about hunger or thirst or heat or cold in this life, then what about those things in the hereafter? And... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah have provided means by which we can avoid those difficulties and it behooves us to do everything in our power to avoid those difficulties and create circumstances in which we can thrive on that day. So we should seek out the means by which we can benefit ourselves in the day of judgment. Whether that mean increasing salawat, increasing the dhikr of Allah, giving sadaqah, etc. If you go through the Qur'an, the Qur'an mentions that when a person passes away and they realize the reality of this life in relation to the hereafter, they'll wish that they could go back. They'll wish that they could go back even for a very small period of time. And what will they do when they go back? They wish that they could go back so that they could give sadaqah. They'll wish that they could go back so they can give sadaqah. Now that just tells us the power of sadaqah and how it is a means by which a person can protect themselves. I mean, you just think the first time you see something and the gut reaction that a person has, it's a very telling of the circumstance. You know, if you put your foot in a, in, a, in a pool 
and your foot feels cold, it means the water is cold. If you put your hand in a, in a pot and your, your finger burns, it means the water is hot. If a person passes away and the first gut reaction is, I wish I could give sadhaka, I wish I could go back and give sadhaka, it means that sadhaka has a huge effect on a person immediately after they're dead. Immediately after they're dead, they are going to see the effects of sadhaka so quickly that this example given in the Qur'an of the individual who passes away and wishes that they could come back, the wishes that they could give sadhaka. So now that, you know, I mean, that's, that's an obvious sign for anybody in this room that if we desire to protect ourselves from those first few phases after death, in sadhaka, it begins with sadhaka. So this is something that should be routine. All our dhikr, our actions, avoiding wrong, doing as much good as possible, giving sadhaka, etc. So we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He make us among those who are aware of the Day of Judgment, who are constantly reflecting and thinking about the Day of Judgment. We ask that He make us among those who are wise enough to take heed of the Day of Judgment. And we ask that He make us among those who avoid, who are able to avoid the difficulties of the Day of Judgment. وَآخِرَ تَعْوَانَ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ